Well, hello and welcome to Hobby in Lockdown, episode number one. Joining us today is Seb. You may know Seb as the banner bearer of the Size of the Emperor, the co-founder of Advanced Tower Tactic at Webmaster Extraordinaire of Eastern-Empire.com and a bloody nice guy. Seb, welcome to the show. We're in lockdown, so are you lucky enough to hobby all the time or do you actually have to work? I actually have to work and lockdown has been a bit of a non-starter for me because I've been working from a home studio for about 20 odd years. I mean, sure, some of my friends are like going, oh, wow, this is different. And I'm like, well, you know, welcome to my world. And so you're in New Zealand. What's happening in New mm-hmm. Zealand at the moment? How's the, the everyone dealing with the whole, you know, COVID-19 lockup? Uh, look, it's been interesting. I mean, Jacinda's being, uh, you know, the, kind of like the mother of the country in her social aspect on media and that. Uh, when I've been going out and about through Christchurch, You've seen some people going a bit over the top and others just kind of moving into lines, getting stuff that they need. Otherwise, I'd say this first week has been treated like some kind of bank holiday. I noticed in Australia one of the big things was toilet paper. Did you guys get a run on toilet paper as well? Oh, wow, yeah. I often think if my grandfather was alive, I wouldn't be able to look him square in the face. What happened when the COVID crisis struck? We rushed on the toilet paper. (laughs) It seems like New Zealanders are pretty chill most of the time, right? Yeah, one would hope. I mean, when I arrived here a few years ago, um, the general vibe I got was I landed in a country of adventurers because if they weren't going to the coast for a swim or a scuba, they're climbing a mountain or bungee jumping off a bridge or cycling across east to west coast. It was insane. And I was like, wow, uh, I'm seriously underachieving here. I had to step up my game. I was going to say, there you are with your indoor hobby. What's going on? How are you going to fit in? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Like the first couple of years, uh, if I put a uh, brush to a miniature, it was a minor miracle. <laughs> well, there's too much to do. So let's get yeah. into let's get into that hobby. So what Ooh. are you currently working on at the moment? Well, uh, one of your preliminary comments to me when we were just chatting before all this uh, was yeah, a dirty secret project that you haven't exactly paid any attention to for a few years. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a series I did where I've been building a young Bretonian knight from the ground up. It's roguelike adventure. If he dies, he dies. Oh. Um, right now he's eighteen twenty, so he's a really small little model I got from Foundry, but I've converted his head to look like a kid. And doing a series of adventures from when he was literally a child right through to full-blown adult, which will be the main campaign. And I've let that sit for probably about five years. And your comment made me go, you know what, Seb, you actually have not paid that much attention, right? And, <laughs> yeah, literally today I was putting together some models for one of the scenario games I was thinking of. People, they may follow you and your Sides of the Emperor project, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the thing that's really been consuming you recently is, well, some small green goblins. Yeah, they actually became a army on parade last year. Ah, I didn't realise that. Mm. Yeah, Fantastic. I flew them all the way up to Wellington and they invaded one of the stores there. Um, set them up on a nice little green table with, well, green uh, display board with smashed down castle fortress that they've poured out onto the greens from. Um, yeah, that was great fun. I, I started out with, as I was saying earlier, just a dozen as a concept. And over a period of 18 months, I ended up with 182 of the buggers. Mm. The initial idea began in 2010. I know, that far back. And... I looked at them to finish off the last two, would have been 2016. Okay, right. And by that, yeah, by that stage, I'd been gathering little bits and pieces because I recognised that that 
Goblin Regiment kit was about to go on the out with uh, Age of Sigmar's arrival. Mm. It's like hen's teeth now on eBay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I gathered up all the pieces, and then I realized, you know what, actually, I enjoy making those 12. Let's make another 12, you know. Who knows? And then, yeah, landslide. And just ended up being like a scavenging goblin commander. I just, whatever part worked on a goblin, I stuck on a goblin, and they ended up being all individuals. Mm. And the aesthetic bent was uh, Brian Froud from yes. Labyrinth. Yes, you could really yeah. see that in the new flash kits or whatever they're called kits. That Brian Froud is so obvious. Oh, yeah. God, when those new, um, we call them Gloom Spite. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. When that's a problem. Yeah. And I saw the squig hoppers. I was just like, oh my gosh, these are just on point. And then my uh, Instagram inbox just filled with people going, dude, check it out. <laughs> What are you going to do with them? I'm like, I haven't bought them yet. And they're like, get on it. I'm getting on it now. <laughs> so it's like the fans are going, you know, whipping me into action. Mm. Yeah, it, so it's quite I, funny. I mean, you're not, uh, you're not scared of a conversion, let's be honest. I remember some of your stuff on Tau Tactica, which you're a mm. count, uh, co-founder of. And I remember mm-hmm. you doing, I think there were some Lion um, Tau Auxiliaries. Yeah, uh, Shia Vesa, which is... Asian for well, Chinese for a uh, lion. Right. Um, yeah, no, I was just I was looking at a beautiful piece of artwork on well, the precursor to Art Station. What was it? Deviant Art. Oh, I remember that. And, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, that'd be so cool. And then I had some Beastman spare parts. And I went, you know, if I just sculpted some hair and some toes on the, uh, well, some, fa- uh, what do you call it, claws on the feet, the hooves, mm. I've got myself a, a lion. And they actually ended up being my first little um, uh, dalliance with resin casting. Oh. Yeah, because I did two heads, and I went, you know what, this is going to take me ages. This is coming from a guy who did, you know, nearly 200 goblins individually. But anyway, um, I sat there and went, I need to cast these up. So I cast up the base head, and then I was sculpting on the hair after that. So I made 10 of those, and then I made um, a dozen uh, guys called the Naga, or Nagala, and they were um, kind of like Guavesa snake men, well, lizard men. Mm. And so that's another bunch I did. So I ended up with this cosmopolitan army, and that's kind of my theme for my Tau Force, was just a, a guy who had all these various auxiliaries. Mm. So without realising it, uh, that was actually a big influence on the stuff I do with my Tau as well. And really? so with Yeah, mm. with my Tau, I actually I did beast men bodyguards for my um, nice. Tau leader. And so yeah, yeah. I scratch built the torsos, uh, mm-hmm. and then I used the uh, stealth suit legs and just beast men heads and arms, um, yep, yep. and they they actually fit really well. They came up really nicely. Yeah, I've actually got a uh, beastman built the same way as you just described ah. as a um, special character for a 40k RPG. I was almost about to play, but then friends and I went in several different directions. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it works perfectly those stealth legs. Yeah. yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, well, when the, when the X-25, yeah, when that plastic kit landed on an ATT or Advanced Tower Tactica, I don't think we saw an original kit built for at least four months <laughs> because, you know, the, the tower collectors were starved of conversion pieces mm. at the time. Nowadays, it's like there's conversion bits everywhere. You almost feel like you need a Zimmer frame going, back in my day. Um yeah, they just tore that kit apart. Yeah, and yeah. so we were seeing young guys and old guys just making all these amazing things. For example, your your Lion Warriors. Well, Beastman Warriors. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, the thing is, the amazing thing and interesting thing, I guess, about the Tau is that they do have this army that you can really mix and match. I mean, not so much in the rules, but in the background. It's a bit disappointing mm. it's not in the rules, but particularly now. But in the background, mm. you know, you can mix your, uh, you know, auxiliaries inside a normal fire warrior squad, which is what I've done. Mm-hmm. And it's great. They just look fantastic. It's such a really dynamic, creative army. Yeah, I truly think Games Workshop dropped the ball on... Um kind of encouraging people to do that, creating cosmopolitan force, because their entire background is all these races in some kind of conclave collective. And I just really liked that idea with the tower. But then when they didn't have rules for it, it was very frustrating. So I just kept making units of Gavesa. But why did you pick the tower? Why do you like the tower? I mean, you like them enough to start a website, you know, advancedtowertactica.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, So... It kind of goes from the size to the tower. Uh, the size, I started a website for them in 97 and was just a teenager then. And so I was painting away merrily. And one of the guys I knew at Games Workshop, because I was living in the UK at the time, he says, oh, we've got these great ideas for this new force coming up. You know, you'll be really excited. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll look forward to that. Um, anyway, he sent me uh, – <laughs> dodgy old jpeg scans we're talking 1999 here so they would have looked good yeah they would look fantastic um and they had the first drone sketches and i was like oh my god those are brilliant and i was reading what's his name ian m banks culture series novels Mm -hmm. with all the in there they've got ai who float around as either physical human avatars or little drones and I just started having these amazing ideas about this army where these drones were super intelligent and everything. Little did I know they're just basically hubcaps with guns in the actual <laughs> rules. Um, but in my army kind of, I was like, I'm so onto these guys. And I thought, you know what? I'll actually make a small cadre of them to take on my size. And within six months, they became my main army. And my size was sitting on the shelf kind of going, mate, um, hey, how you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, it just took off. And so I... Um, well, you would have seen me in in my prime then because I was just modeling everything with the tower. Yeah, that's right. Lab- Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you had guys like Brett Lee coming up with um, Mech Tower Tactica on MSN networks. At that time, I was fresh out of my design school. So I was doing a lot of the graphics. So if you ever saw tactical graphics for Fisher Fury and all of those fancy tricks you could do back in third and fourth edition, hmm. um, very hard chance those are my graphics. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. And so Brett and his gang were just coming up with all these great things. And then they said to me, oh, we're going to f- kick off a proper PHP forum. And PHP was like, ooh. And I said, yeah, I'll be up for that. I'll do all the graphics and the visuals for it. And uh, off we went. And, yeah, Advanced Style Tactic came from that. Because it's a fantastic resource. So many people still use that for their Tau forces because the fact is GW's really, you know, effectively dropped the ball on what was a very creative race to make them a bit kind of simple, straightforward, possibly the good guys, possibly the bad guys, communist fish. But there were so many undercurrents, interesting ideas that they had initially. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was very attractive to me Mm. because they just seemed like... I liked their naivety. Yes. I liked that a lot. They thought they could just hug everybody, including orcs, which as we... They had a great piece of fiction, like they tried their best, then went, okay, no, we, ha- we have to shoot these guys. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> There's no other answer. Yeah. Um, you know, I just love that. It's just so discordant with 40K goth, and that definitely was why I went for them, I feel. Mm. Um, additionally, at the same time, I just come fresh out of 
watching a lot of anime films like Pat Labor. Oh, yeah. Excellent series. Anyone listening, go check them out. You've got time right now, so go do it. Do yourself a favour. It's true. Oh, so good. Yeah, and there's, there's, there was a lot of that stuff that kind of, um, I guess, mecca. Mm. And, you know, things like, you know, Dominion Tank Police and all that kind of stuff mm. had these really That's great, re- really great graphics. Totally agree. Yeah. And what's a Batu and that? It was a Ghost in the Shell. It was at its height yes. then. Yes. Um, additionally, you had, uh, yeah, that actually the entire, oh, man, I'm trying to remember the name of the show where they had the Angel City. There's been a few movies based out of it. It's a blonde chick and she's got a sidekick Apple android. Appleseed. Beg your pardon? Appleseed. Appleseed, yeah. Oh, my God, it's my favourite series ever. Masamune Shiro did Appleseed. Mm. Mm. His, his designs, man. Yeah, oh. he's, he's far out. He's amazing. I have a couple of his art yeah. books, but his stuff is just... You have uh, his art amazing. books? Yeah, yeah, they're called Intron Depot. Oof, dude, super jealous right now. I'm sure they're still around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, on eBay, $6,000. Thank you very yeah, much. Possibly, <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. But, yeah, a lot of that stuff um, really was obvious. I mean, it was very obvious in the, in the design that that's what, you know, they were kind of going for. But mm-hmm. uh, it really leaves yeah. open so many possibilities when you look at those things and get influence out of them and go, oh, I could do that. Or what about humanoids with those robot heads? Like, that would be great. Or Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, you, do you remember my Urban Tower? I do not. Uh, so my army was featured in uh, Oz's White Dwarf, I think it was 3.13. And then um, in 3.16, they hit me up for uh, have I done any Urban Tower because the new Urban War uh, rulebook was about to come out. And I was like, sure. So they sent me a whole bunch of parts and some XV-25s. And I just smashed and bashed and made up all sorts of things. But my Shirao uh, enjoyment definitely came out. I made a Dragonfly drone, a Malkovisa, which is basically a spider tank, but a small drone version. Yeah, yeah I just went to town. That's so cool. It's really creative as a person who's, you know, like a creator to be able to be hmm. given such free license and then for it to be effectively official. Yeah. Well, actually, the fun part was... Um, he said, look, uh, they looked at my other stuff, like the, which was shown up, the, the Naga and the Shavisa guys, the Lion guys. And they said, look, you know, if you're doing these conversions, we need to make it, uh, the readers able to copy them. And I was like, cool, I've got parameters. As a designer, that's the best thing you can ever say to me is like, here's our brief. This is exactly as much as we need from you. And you just go to town because you've got your limits. You know, you know the box. So I went, okay, everything I make, every tower player I know has to be able to make it from the spare parts they've got. Wow. So if you look at the Dragonfly drone, um, the spider, the little shield generator thing I made, which actually ends up now as an official drone. Oh, that's pretty cool. You invent yeah, something, well, it becomes well, canon. Well, I mean, that's amazing. Well, they didn't invent it, but it was the concept of having a uh, platform that stayed in place to protect the fire warriors. Mm. And I built a little thing out of a landing skid and everything, so it looked like an emitter. And lo and behold, now you've got a shield drone. Um, but anyway, all those parts, they are spare. Like if you've built a tower kit, you have those parts spare, and you could build them if you wanted. So I made a little, um, what do you call, break, breakdown and just put it up on ATT. It should be there somewhere in the archive articles. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you can just make it, if you've got the patience, you can put those little bits and pieces together. I tell you what, the towel kits certainly improved when they came out with the um, the new breeches in the same kit. There's some great oh, pieces yeah. in there, my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked at that. I have to admit, I had a old-timers moment. I was like, mm, back in my Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, they're just giving you everything now. Right. Yeah. yeah this, this is so hard. But, yeah, those are beautiful pieces. The, the resolution, uh, probably the best way to describe why people like old miniatures versus the new modern plastics is very much people who like pixelated 90s video games versus these, you know, candy wonder kind stuff you got today. Mm. It's a matter of resolution. And the new stuff now is just amazing and crisp. And you look at the old legs and arms and you just go, how did I put up with that? Yeah, yeah. The old um, Cadian kit is exactly like that. You know, yeah. the Cadian bits and pieces are just awful. It's that kit desperately needs updating. But I have to say, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stand up for old games here. Metal Slug was a great game and I won't have you rubbish it. Oh, no, no. I'm a <laughs> I'm a UFO enemy unknown man. I could play that game any day of the week. <laughs> that's some that's some serious game cred. Yeah, that's that's going way back. I used to scare myself senseless as a twelve year old playing that. Well, we've touched on a whole lot of the things that you've done, and one of the things people know you for, obviously, is your size of the scythes of the emperor. Hard to say. Um, mm-hmm. Now, tell us about that. How did you first come across them, and why did you decide to do them? What appealed? Um, so, a friend at high school gave me the rule book for Advanced Space Crusade, and in the graphics with John Blanche's artwork, it's an amazing artwork. Um, when he was really, really crisp with his style, uh, now he's way more expressive and it's quite evocative stuff. But anyway, um, there was these scouts taking on these alien monstrosities and I was just completely enthralled. I would have been about 11, 12 at the time. And yeah, right in the middle of my UFO enemy unknown period. Um, yeah. And in South Africa at the time, there was nothing available miniatures-wise. Uh, it was all imported. There was kind of like this esoteric nebulous concept there's this company called games workshop etc and then i ordered my first space marines which was that i think it was a 30 pack of metal marines or maybe 18 marines oh yeah and i started painting them up and initially i started as dark angels and immediately flipped on the dime to paint them as a size of the emperor but i had absolutely no idea what the colors were or the arrangement i knew it was yellow and black but i didn't know the arrangement so my initial guys actually have almost an inverse of the uh, official Sothan scheme. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So on my website, you can see way back that they're actually quite different. A lot of people are commenting they kind of like it. They prefer it. And then I oh, would have been uh, 97 when I moved up to the UK. And, of course, immediately have instant access to White Dwarf. It's just almost any news agent had a copy. And I quickly learned that I was massively incorrect. And yeah. and so at the time, my mother was like, oh, I'll, she worked for IBM International. So I had the latest and greatest. And I was like, well, there's all these BB forums and uh, stuff like that. And GeoCities, if you remember yes, that. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, had my, I did graphics back then in the middle of me doing um, computer coding as a, my first university course. I was just doing visual graphics all over the show. So, like, my subconscious was like, dude, this is totally your calling. Why are you doing code? Mm. So I made my first website on GeoCities, and 
one of my friends from a group called The Taken who started a, a webzine before their webzines. And they're doing all sorts of uh, Turner conversions, rules, ideas, etc. The real little think tank. Not unlike um, the Inc. 28 crew. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was just all sorts of it. And um, two of those guys actually went on to run Astronomicon in the, in the US. Really? Wow. Yeah, wow. Christian and uh, Mike Major. Yeah, so those two guys are great. And Mike's Danikin Imperial Guard used to, uh, what would you say, uh, in spirit, have games with my size. So he painted up some and actually had them on the games table like a deployed unit. And it was great. And we did, did all that sort of thing. And to help communicate, I started a small website. And then uh, Nick Itsu, or known as Hivemind these days, he... So he actually surprised me with a birthday gift of thesize.com. He says, dude, go for it. Make something of this. And so I did that. I, I went nuts. I mean, I knew, how to, I knew how to code up a website. I had the graphics now, which I still wasn't acknowledging. And I built this website, and Games Workshop got online at the same time. And they were browsing around for all the different uh, hobby sites out there. And, of course, we're talking 1999, 2000. It's nothing there's barely anything out there in the way of hobby stuff um and i was kind of shouting out into the ether uh just putting my my artwork out there concepts and ideas asking about how to paint this how to paint that but i actually had one of the first uh actual hobby sites otherwise you had i think the origins of blogger back then too yeah and so games workshop approached me and said hey uh we're looking for our warpgate network and we like your content and so I was one of the first 20 websites for the Warpgate network. That's and so that, cool. I had no idea. Yeah, so which is what then got a lot of people knowing what my work because obviously they went to Games Workshop. Then there was myself and another, I think it was Blood Angels website, and the rest were all uh, forums, or the beginnings of forums like Bolton Chainsword. Oh, and all yes. That. What led to Bolton Chainsword? I think right now the only two surviving big forums from the – 2000 to 2010 period is Bolton Chainsword and Advanced Tower Tactica. Wow. Isn't that amazing? There used to be such a big presence. Yeah. And um, the, what's his name? Brother Argos? Yeah, he's also a graphics guy. So we had a bit of a kindred spirit about it. So, you know, we did a few crossover things. Like I actually redressed uh, Bolton Chainsword to look like Advanced Tower Tactica as an April Fool's joke. Funny enough, talking on April 1st, I think I know why that came to my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually great. Uh, all those users logged in and they're like, what? Wait, hang about. <laughs> That's what a great <laughs> idea. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. But anyway, yeah, yeah so the size, I, um, I started codifying as much as I could from all the diverse sources, and they're very limited about the, the South and Marines. And a guy by the name of Andrew Taylor, who's actually one of the South and Brother articles on the website, he said, oh, dude, love your work. Hey, I've got... Uh, air quotes, access to Games Workshop HQ, and I can start sniffing through their tomes for any information. So we together set up a PDF. Um, I did all the graphics and collated all the information, and he just found what he could where the gaps were. And we wrote it up like an Inquisitor Crippman discussing Turnits. It was an Inquisitor discussing the size of the Emperor. Right. Apparently they had deceased, but, you know, there's evidence to the contrary. And we just pulled every resource and we actually had a um a listing as to where you could find and read about it you know watch white dwarf which rule book etc i saw that on the website yeah 
Exactly. And that was picked up by, I think it's Richard Williams, the author, who was commissioned to do Orphans of the Kraken. Well, he was commissioned to do a Space Marine novel in a desperate battle. And he came across the website, read that PDF and went, good God, these guys are fantastic. They're underdogs. This is exactly what I want. So he wrote Orphans of the Kraken and all of his research was made easy because our PDF that Andrew and I put together was right there. That's crazy. Yeah. And so that set off all that trail right through. And as a nod, he created Forge Master Sebastian with an O, which is myself, yep. you know, my namesake. And then you had uh, Laurie Goulding. I think that's how you pronounce it. Sorry, Laurie. Um, he picked up the character and he's kept him going through all the different series right up until the latest one with uh, Belisarius Call. Yes, yes. I want to talk to you yeah. about that one too, yeah. Forge Master Sebastian is in the, in the final chapters and I was like, get out of town. This guy's continued it on happily as well. That, that must be amazing that you picked up, you know, like a, effectively a dead chapter when they were introduced in Advanced Space Crusade. What was that, 97? Yeah, that- was that 97? Yeah, they were a doormat introduction to yeah, Tyranids. They were. They're basically, this is a chapter who are being killed. They don't exist anymore. Geez, they were good. And maybe there was a couple of stragglers and that kind of thing. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And and so you've now basically taken that and really built a whole community around it, particularly on things like Twitter and Instagram. It's, mm-hmm. And, I mean, what's that like? Uh, to be honest, uh, for quite a while, it was myself and maybe probably 10 to 12 other collectors that I knew of online that had sent me photos of their work. Um, one of the guys who was part of the main team in Spain, uh, he had a vast collection of Sothans, and he always used to tease me with how many dreadnoughts he had, etc. He's actually featured on the website too. And then Laurie started writing novels for, well, short stories for Sars of the Emperor after William's work, The Orphans of the Kraken. And people started waking up to it. And then I suddenly noticed stuff appear on Twitter and internet forums. Um, But curiously, between 2014 and 2016, I actually went away for a couple of years sailing. And so I was completely off the charts. Uh, And I came back and this guy by the name of uh, Rob Bearup, um, he's on Instagram as well. He had picked up the mantle and he made these really uh, scrappy, been through hell, Sothans, they were just amazing. They're incredibly evocative. Yeah. And he had kept that torch running. And then when I came back on, I just said, oh, this is amazing work. And he's like, dude, oh, my God, you're back. And so we started just really jamming. And he gave me a lot of energy to revitalize the website again. And I, I definitely give him a lot of credit for keeping the flame going for a couple of years, as well as reinvigorating me after, like, what, that's nearly 15 years of the same collection. Yeah. So I did all these articles and hobby articles and so on. And then Instagram exploded and uh, that's an amazing community. If you're not on Instagram as a miniature painting hobbyist, get on there. Everyone on there is amazing, very supportive. Um, so with that, uh, a few people popped up and said, oh, hey, we remember your stuff and then this is mine. And then it just started steamrolling from there. And then Laurie told me in an email He's like, Seb, um, you're going to like this, but pay attention to the new rulebook rule book preview that's coming up. So I turned on to Twitch, and lo and behold, there's Size of the Emperor, one of the top ten chapters set up on the main color plate for Space Marines. Oh, wow. 
And I was like, son of a, you cheeky bugger. And it's the last thing, one of the last things he did before he left Games Workshop to work with um, some games company over in uh, California. Right. Wow, that is fantastic. And and then it just exploded because everyone's like, who the hell are those guys? Because you got Ultramarines, Blood Angels, Dark Angels, Size of the Emperor. What? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. See, I was really surprised when I first got onto kind of Twitter mainly Twitter, actually, I think that's where I first saw your stuff. I was really yeah. surprised to see them because in my mind, as a, like a massive beardy, like my first White Dwarf was issue 118. So it goes a, goes a fair way back. And, and when I saw your stuff, I'm like, wait, hold on, that's the size of the Emperor. What's going on there? And, yeah, it was just a real revelation to see them and how good they looked as well. I mean, look, let's be honest, you picked the two hardest colours to paint, which are yellow and black. Why have you done this to yourself? You're talking to the guy who just painted a couple hundred goblins. So. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true. Obviously, it's a hobby streak that's in me. Yeah. <laughs> a, bit, a bit of masochism, you know. Um, well, actually, you know, the ties and you coming across them like that. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, uh, popping up on Twitch, sorry. The new books over a very brief period of three years. Turning up in the new 8th edition 40K. Overnight, I went to my website just to tidy stuff up. I thought, oh, I'm going to get some traffic. And I want all the new enthusiasts to know who this chapter are and get accurate information. And I'd gone up, uh, was it 1,000 and something percent in my data usage in a 24-hour period. (laughs) And I went from 12 guys I knew to, if you go there now, I think it's up to 58 collections out there right now that have contacted me and shared for the international gallery. So I've gone from next to nobody collects them to this massive community. And it's been, uh, even now I get tingles. It's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. How awesome. Um, oh, we should, we should mention the, the web, the web address as well. So it's the dash scythes.com and it is an amazing mm-hmm. website as, as someone who does a uh, and I was saying this to you before someone who does a very um, little known legion as in the uh, you know 12th legion warhounds it's mm. really actually very it's inspiring to see what you've done and how you can build that up and grab those bits of information to make such an amazing resource yeah well thank you very much um, so a lot of the painting I give credit to Andrew Taylor uh, he produced some beautiful pieces. In fact, a Golden Demon winning quad bike. Um, additionally, you've got Chris now off Instagram. Um, he is just absolutely smashing it with Soth and paint jobs. You'll see him first and foremost as the painting tutorials. He's been very uh, humble in offering them up so I can put them on the on the website. They're great. Can uh, I say, they're some of the best painting tutorials I've seen. They re- I know that they're, they're done a little bit differently to say, you know, your, your normal GW or, or painting one mm. you'd see online, but they are very good, really well photographed, very clear and fantastic for anyone who wants to paint yellow and black. And having flirted with yep. doing the Lamenters chapter for about 30 years, I'm thinking this could happen. <laughs> yeah, they were. It was a great collaboration. He knew he could take a good photo. He provided me with good text, and I just laid it up. And the other one was uh, it's a Maxime from Games Workshop. He oh, yes. does Cap- it was a Captain Normandy on Instagram. Mm. Uh, well, CPT.Normandy. Uh, he does the Black Templars, and I couldn't walk past his recipe for black, so I asked him if I could include some of his stuff, and he was more than happy. Um, so that's there too. But and then additionally, we had a lull in any information about the size for a good year and a bit of late. 
so I started exploring the aesthetics and the rationale behind, oh, well, like I was pretty much auditing why as a designer they chose what they chose when they did the size and their, their iconography. And it goes right back to the Scythians, which are an ancient uh, horse horse breeders and that pretty much all the horses we know in Europe come from the Scythian horse breeders. Yeah. Uh, the Romans deeply respected them. The Spartans thought highly of them. The Greeks thought they were absolute wild men. Um, their main quote was they, that the Scythians drink wine straight from the gourd. They don't cut it with water. So they were considered completely wild heathens because they did that. And that culture, all about the horses, all the iconography was what John Blanche used initially back in Advanced Space Crusade. And I, it just lit, lit my mind up as a creative designer. And I was like, oh, my God, I see what they're doing now, what they're emerging and kind of bringing together. And so when you go read about that culture and you've got all the, the, the horses, you know, that pulled the um, Eros's cart, well, the chariot through the sky, yeah, um, all that, Phagos, Kobulo, all yes. those guys, yes. all those horses, uh, they've used as the names of the different regiments and they were doing it with the banners and the artwork, but they weren't naming them. And then I recognize what the art team was up to. So in one of the articles you'll find on the website is a complete breakdown of all of the horse names as the appropriate um, company types. So the assault guys have got the fire horses. Then you've got some of the, the more steadfast horses in Greek and uh, Roman mythology are your support companies, etc. So just allowing as an art resource and a bit of texture for new collectors to get their teeth into and actually make Sothan something that they can own too, you know, because they interpret from what I provide as artwork. Because really at the end of the day, because there's so, there's so little information about them, it's really a, a community collaborative effort with all these different collectors having their own different takes. Additionally, their own different time periods. Is it before the fall, um, during the Turnit attack, or now when they're all... Uh, it's the new name of the Primaris Marines. Primaris. I've got to tell you, the uh, paint scheme looks fantastic on Primaris. I'm not a huge Primaris fan, but, geez, it looks good on them. Oh, yeah, it looks so sharp. Yeah. There, there's enough detail to break up that big yellow and their big black. Mm. So, yeah. And, again, uh, Chris's work's amazing there. Yeah, no, no, I definitely appreciate someone like him coming on board and then falling in love with the same chapter. And uh, actually reminds me, I do need to hit him up about a uh, Sothan Brothers article so we can find out you know what initially attracted him and do a full little little small interview yeah because he's just recently finished a, a decent combat force so it's actually a good point to hit him up and just talk to him about it well there you go. go you know yeah a bit of hobby yeah. inspiration while in lockdown perfect yeah exactly you know? exactly so what is coming <laughs> up for you this weekend in terms of hobby what are you currently working on that could inspire some people oh gosh this weekend i will be Probably putting some spray paint down on some models for a couple of different ideas I have. Um, one is to finish off my scouts, inspired by the scouts from the very first artwork I ever saw of the size. I love those. I really do. I think they look amazing. Just And you know what? When I first saw them in Advanced Space Crusade, I absolutely hated them. I hated the puffy <laughs> sleeves. Everything about them I hated. And then when I saw the reinvention that you did, I'm like, actually, these look really good. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, no, it's just had some of the original Advanced Space Crusade plastics around. I thought, well, they're a bit gumby, but those boots are awesome. Mm. And, you know, the rest is history. Um, 
but that project disappeared for a couple of years because of the goblins. Uh, so that, that's totally to blame. Well, um, everyone blames the goblins, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah everyone does. Um, I've realized I've got probably three models to go to finish in a complete 10-man unit with the classic retro missile launcher everything. So oh, I've wow. got to get it done. Yeah, you have so that's to. On, yep, that's on the cards. That'll be on Instagram soon. Mm-hmm. And a few years back, I started a series based on a young knight who grows up through a campaign. And at any given point, he could get himself killed, and thus is the end of the series. So he started out literally as a small child knight, for, which was a miniature from Hassle-Free Miniatures. Oh, great company. Great. Yeah, yeah. they're really great. Yeah, Kevin, they're fantastic. I he used to be an old GW designer, didn't he, back in the day? Kev? Uh, I think so. Potentially also Cronopia. I think he did a lot of the line from there. They're really lovely, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely see his early style. And then the stuff he does now is, yeah, man, super crisp. Yeah, a little risque in a few places, which is always fun. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But what I love was he always does a series each year of his kids. So they've got, like, miniatures that are of them. And he did a collection of his young kids, who were all toddlers at the time, of a, a French knight's family. And the moment I saw them, I went, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And they had a little, the kitchen caper, which was, no, the castle cellar caper, where they took on some snotling raiders who were raiding the, the cellars of the castle. Um, and that was a great little article I put up on my other website, Eastern Empire. And that took off. And I went, oh, people really love that concept. So then I expanded and I did one more campaign where he, he was an older, he was a teenager. And then since then, I just, all these different other projects popped up and I just didn't have the time. Or as I said before, I was away sailing. And the next one was as he traverses through Britonia to get to the Grey Mountains, uh, he takes on the merman of a particular lake in the middle of Britonia. Now, in one of the Britonian law books for the RPG stuff, uh, they talk about uh, beastmen who are actually like fishmen. Oh, yes, yes. And I've never found a, a worthy enough miniature to fill that role. And converting them up just seemed a bit, um, yeah, it just didn't work for me. Uh, then you had weird miniatures brought out these deep ones. And I've got them sitting on my desk right now. And they are just absolutely perfect. So our young knight, as a teenager, is going to investigate why the sewers of a local town are not working. And he will be encountering all sorts. And the campaign is, goes all the way right through to uh, ancient Kemri. And I've been collecting all sorts of undead models of that of that range. It's now like picking hen's teeth because the range got canned. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the campaign is going to be at least five different unique dungeons because that's the other thing I do is I make um, Warhammer Quest tiles. Right. And yeah, I do full graphics and everything. Uh, they're on my website to download. And I love Warhammer Quest. I think it's one of the most succinct D&D light games you can find it's like action D&D and uh, you can theme it so I've been making all these themed dungeons and the latest one I actually put it was a Bretonian uh, fortified inn because one of the games in the campaign is for a series called The Lost Watchtower which I'm just finishing a uh, gamer's guidebook to and it's all based in uh, Axbite Pass which goes right through the Grey Mountains between Bretonia and the Old Empire um, for anyone who's new to Warhammer and Age of Sigma, in the old world, these are two of the nation states at the time. Anyway, so that's where my goblins actually started to uh, becoming stars because he'll be taking them on in that region. 
And yeah, so I've just got all these different campaign ideas that I'm building towards. And the next various thing I'll be spray painting next to my size is this, uh, these merfolk and whatever little gribblies he's going to be encountering. Now, I hate mm. to uh, tell you the bad news, but uh, mm. just during our conversation, there's uh, four different projects that you're going to be going back to. Yes, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it, so if we've got at least 30 minutes, I could probably rattle off enough of what's on my mind at any given time to do. And I think that afflicts every hobbyist it out does. there. It has to. It does for me, so I'm so glad it does for someone else. Yeah. No, I, I share your pain. And your creativity. <laughs> Seb, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Really great to feel your energy and feel your enthusiasm for the hobby. And I hope that this has given people some inspiration to uh, to get into their hobby. Now, can you tell us about your websites and your various identities? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. So obviously we've heard of Advanced Art Tactica. There's a good team on there. They're managing it away. Um, not so forefront there anymore, but great bunch of guys there if you're doing Tau. So that's advancedtowertactica.com. Of course, but the dash size.com is for the Sothans we've been speaking of. And it's a big community. You can find us on uh, hashtag size of the emperor on Instagram. And there's over 100 guys there who will give you all sorts of tips and advice and, and basically share in you doing that. Um, then you've got my Warhammer and Tau, which is on eastern empire.com. You also find my love for Warhammer Quest there too. And you can download probably about 40-odd gaming tiles now that I've produced as a professional graphic designer. Wow. I love that game. Um, and then besides that, I'm on Instagram as uh, eastern.empire.wip, as, as in work in progress. And it is uh, the.size uh, for our fellow Sothans. And yeah, it'd be great. Uh, hit me up uh, if you want any tips or you want any pointers as to where to go to find stuff. You can hit me up on any of those Instagrams or via the websites. And man, yeah, I hope to see you guys out there on the social media. That's fantastic. Seb, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Cheers. Many thanks to Seb for joining us. And of course, you can uh, see Seb's work on eastern-empire.com and the various other things we mentioned on the show, including the dash scythes com if you're into the scythes, which is really hard to say, of the Emperor. Thank you very much for joining us today on Hobby in Lockdown. I hope you're doing well, looking after yourself. And remember, you can see more of us on uh, beardyhammer.com and, of course, Facebook, which is facebook.com slash beardyhammer, where you can see us doing updates, sharing hobby, and uh, just telling you about cool stuff that's going on in the hobby. Enjoy your hobby. Be safe. Look after yourself. And bloody well stay at home. You've got a stockpile of plastic to paint.